Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1138, air date October 27th, 2022. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. It's um, been a busy week. So um, we're going to be having a very important health topic today, and we're going to be talking about the uh, theory of cholesterol as, you know, the cause, the root cause of heart disease and how this theory was actually dead on arrival and uh, how it uh, was resuscitated and continues to be resuscitated by the big pharma and a lot of ignorant MDs and cardiologists who really don't understand anything as a system. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So I hope you uh, enjoy today's show. And that's what we'll be coming uh, to talk about shortly. All right, everyone. Uh, good evening. Hope everyone's doing well. We're going to be having an uh, interesting discussion today on the theory. Let me bring up the um, let me bring up the uh, screen here. We're going to be talking about. So the title of today's talk is a cholesterol theory was dead on arrival. Why and how big pharma keeps it alive? Again, the cholesterol theory was dead on arrival. Why and how big pharma keeps it alive? Now the Many of you know that um, you go to, uh, if you go do a uh, checkup, uh, these doctors measure your, it's called your HDL, high density uh, lipoprotein level, and your LDL. And they've set some threshold and they tell you, hey, if your LDL level is above this, hey, you got a serious problem, you need to start taking a statin, okay, which is a drug. Um, the key one was called Lipitor, and Lipitor, we'll talk about it. Uh, was a drug created by Pfizer, generated them lots and lots of money until it recently became what's called a generic, okay? And they lost a lot of money. So the net of it is that the standard of quote-unquote robotic care right now is you go to a doctor, an MD we're talking about, your Western conventional medicine doctor, and um, and they say, oh, you, your LDL level is this level, and we'll talk about that level that they set. Oh my God, you got to go on a statin, okay? And they put you on a statin. There you go, okay? So that's pretty much it. I mean, we can do a whole discussion. Look, when you look at all the MDs and quote unquote doctors in the world, um, there's a very small subset of them who look at the body as a system. I hate to say it, and I know a lot of good doctors. Most of them are not that bright. They don't, um, they're not educated in really getting their hands dirty and solving a problem, finding out the root cause, how the ankle bone is connected to the foot bone. Rather, the medical training is really about something very, very simpler, which is they learn how to be a robot. Input, output. Input, if you see this, then you do this. There's only a subset of doctors, many of them who uh, have an engineering mindset, the mindset of an electrician, the mindset of a serious plumber or problem solver, they say, oh, the ankle bone's connected to the foot bone. Let me not just be a robot. If I see this, I'm just going to give this drug. But most of these guys, that's how they're trained. And it's for two reasons. One is um, the nature of people go to medicine. Um, some of them you know, want to help people. But the other aspect of medicine is the insurance company's collusion, which basically puts golden handcuffs on these doctors. And that cannot be uh, underestimated. But overall, 
there are a finite set of doctors. I find them in surgery sometimes, some, some of them in the emergency care. God forbid you have to go in there. But people have to use their brains and have to think out of the box and have to actually solve a problem. But most of them don't have to solve a problem. And this is unfortunate because what ends up happening is that because they don't need to solve a problem, um, most of them really don't know how to solve a problem, okay? So that's one of the important things that we need to understand, all right? All right, so let's talk about um, the cholesterol hypothesis, okay? So cholesterol are these lipolipids, these uh, lipoproteins, and the theory is that you have fats and you have clogged arteries and boom, you're gonna get heart disease, okay? And the indicators of that are these things called lipoproteins, HDL and LDL. HDL uh, should not go below a certain level and LDL should not go above a certain level, all right? Now the LDL is known as the bad cholesterol, okay? And just to give you an idea, before all this nonsense started, you know, people's LDL levels, when they measured them, were over 300. And no one said anything about it, okay? In the 60s and 70s, the theory really among the elites, the medical establishment, um, really backed by people at Harvard, the, the thesis was that if you have um, a particular amount of um, that, that it is cholesterol and fats, which was a cause of heart disease, all right? And based on that, this entire theory starts, right? That if you have heart disease, um, if, if you're going to get heart disease, if you have these LDL and H, uh, LDL level above this or fats and you get clogged arteries, um, you're going to have um, heart disease, okay? Now, what's important to understand is that entire theory of cholesterol causing heart disease was actually dead on arrival. It was kept resuscitated even though the medical establishment at places like Harvard knew that there was actually evidence of something more, the real root cause. And this was called homocysteine, which is really, you know, occurs during like inflammation, homocysteine levels. And homocysteine levels um, was really a, a, a discovery of a guy by the name of Kilmer McCulley, who was an MD. And he was at Harvard, okay? And we'll talk about him. So we're gonna talk about Kilmer McCulley's connection between homocysteine levels in 69, right? And with heart disease, he published papers and he unequivocally essentially showed this definitive connection between homocysteine levels related to um, inflammation, right? But really homocysteine levels and heart disease. And the medical establishment at that time, as I mentioned, a place like Harvard had a theory that cholesterol and fats cause heart disease, okay? And uh, they didn't, they didn't want to go down to the root cause because if you take a systems approach, as we teach at Truth, Freedom, and Health, you always want to go to the root cause. If you want to be a bullshitter and you want to make money and manipulate people, you take the reductionist approach, which imagine there's uh, the earth and there's some deep thing going on in the earth and a volcano is about to start and you see some clouds and you say, oh, the clouds are the cause of the volcanoes. Complete nonsense. It's an epiphenomenon, right? Um, so the notion that you have fats and, and quote unquote high cholesterol in the blood has nothing to do with the causative issues, all right? So what Kilmer McCulley found out, he was doing some interesting research and he came out with some very, very young kids. In fact, a two-month-old and an eight-year-old, okay? So get this, 
this two-month-old and eight-year-old were having clogged arteries, plaques in the arteries, what you would see in elderly. And he got fascinated by this. And without going into all the details, he connected it to high levels of homocysteine, I think homocysteinuria, okay? And he said, wow, it was, you know, sort of a disease. He said, these guys have high levels of homocysteine. And that is what was causing this plaque and this clogging of the arteries. And these were, again, an, an eight-year-old kid and a two-month-old kid. These people weren't old who were eating burgers and fries, right? They just had this very high levels of homocysteine. All right. He um, documented this, published it, and got it published without anyone refuting it. And, um, and he was at Harvard, okay? And then suddenly after publication of this, getting some popularity out of it, the establishment at Harvard Medical School moves him through the basement, literally, as he says, make sure he doesn't get any grant money, essentially he has to leave, and make sure he can't get a job for probably over two years, all right? He was bad-mouthed. So that was what Kilmer McCulley, a Harvard MD, uh, who graduated Kim Law, had come across this, and he was vilified and essentially um, sidelined, okay? But he had evidence of homocysteine and heart disease, okay? Now, very interestingly, he also found out what is the cause of low homo, uh, high homocysteine levels? Well, the cause of high homocysteine levels is because of deficiencies in B6, B12, and folic acid, B vitamins. So if people are, yeah, he was canceled, right? There you go. Uh, Trevor Louis said he was canceled. Yep. So he was canceled, like I was canceled when I exposed the election systems issues, ballot images being destroyed, et cetera, et cetera, back in 2020. And we fought and we exposed it was a government who works with Twitter, so on, right? So in this case, the establishment canceled him because he was finding out that this was a nutritional basis. It was fundamentals of B6, vitamin B6, very, you know, a um, lot of the processed foods don't have enough B6. But when you go to fresh fruits, vegetables, the milk, the eggs, and you get fresh whole foods, you have B6, B12, and folic acid. A lot of vegetarians, if they eat shitty vegetarian diets, don't get enough B6 and B12. And they think, oh, you know, I'm eating a vegetarian diet. I'm not eating these artery-clogging fats. Well, many of them uh, are the ones who actually get high homocysteine levels, which leads to heart disease. Okay, so Kilmer McCauley found out it was homocysteine relating to heart disease, all right? But the medical establishment didn't like that because they had started um, at that point, starting to start put levels. Remember, you have the HDL, which is known as the high density lipoproteins, which is known as a, as a good stuff. And you don't want it to go below a certain level. And the LDL shouldn't go above another level. Now, the issue was what should these levels be? Well, they just all got together, and it's the truth, they sort of just got together and they have a meeting, okay? And they decide, all right, uh, with some bare bones evidence. And here's, for example, uh, at the University of Minnesota, uh, and they talks about this optimal lipid levels in international report. And this is a guy, Ernst Widener, back in 1951. And they knew at that point, people's levels were 300 right here, okay? And this was never seen as an issue. Suddenly, with this new theory, they start trying to figure out levels and they sort of ad hoc after this one meeting, 1984, 
decide, and they claimed they had some, you know, quote unquote, clinical evidence. They decide to set it as the upper limit for HD, uh, LDL around 130, 140. Okay, 130 is the upper limit. Okay, this is the bad stuff. So they said, if you go above this, it was at 300. Suddenly they move the goalpost to 130. All right, 130 uh, for LDL. Okay, milligrams per deciliter. That's a concentration, 130. And they said, if you're above 130, you got to be concerned and you have to take medicine for that. Okay. So they chose this number, 130. It was at, it was at 300. Suddenly they put LDL at um, this number, 130. All right. And that became the basis for the creation of a of drug classes called statins, S-T-A-T-I-N-S. What do statins do? Well, Statins do something interesting. Statins actually lower cholesterol, okay, by stopping the formation of LDL. So the theory is, okay, you've got to get your LDL below this. Uh, your LDL level is too high. They're scared the shit out of you. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. Okay, I got to get take statins. I got to keep my LDL level low. as though that is the cause of heart disease, okay? When we know in 1969... Paper was published at Harvard Medical School, clearly showing it was homocysteine levels at a direct link to heart disease. The medical establishment snuffed it out, ignored it. It's not like they were ignorant. They actually knew it. And they promoted a bogus thesis, which really did not have that much evidence. Okay? And using that bogus theory that you have to have lower cholesterol... Then they said, oh, now, so fake or on a best case, uh, symptomatic science, not root cause science, not system science, reductionist science. This is why I encourage all of you, we'll take a quick break before I go on to this because it's a very important topic, that we understand that all of you got to take a systems approach to understanding the world, okay? And this is why I spent a lot of time, we had an orientation this, this um, morning, on an open house on where we educate people on the importance of taking a systems approach to science versus a reductionist approach. A reductionist approach, you don't really look at the real cause. You make you, you figure out some epiphenomenon and you say, oh, that's the problem. And then using that bogus solution, uh, 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 then they, um, you know, using that bogus a bogus cause, quote unquote cause, then they come up with a bogus solution, a fake solution to a fake problem, all right? And this happens over and over again, and these quote-unquote scientists are able to get away with it because the mass of the public is not trained in system science. So at Truth, Freedom, and Health, we're here to educate you on a systems approach on all topics. But that's literally what occurred in 1969, 1970. In that period, 1980, um, they knew homocysteine was related. They squashed that research. They elevated the cholesterol model. And knowing that homocysteine levels could be lowered by B vitamins, B6, B12, and folic acid. Those deficiencies caused high homocysteine levels, which directly related to clogged arteries. They saw it in a two-month-old kid and an eight-year-old kid. Okay? There you go. All right. So that's the background. Okay? Now, in the recent past, and that was in 1970, now you can't keep... You know, there's only so long you can keep these lies. Um, and this guy, uh, uh, McCulley, you know, who was sidelined, attacked, 
you know, he still kept plugging away, plugging away, plugging away. Most recently, let me show you this article that came out in Scientific America. Finally, in 2011, cholesterol and controversy, past, present, and future. And what this article goes through, this is in Scientific America, which is uh, meant to be a supposed an establishment, very, you know, uh, prestigious, you know, sort of uh, mass accessible magazine. Um, a cholesterol narrative and the uphill battle linking it to cardiovascular risk. So basically the guys at Scientific America want to cover their ass because they know this theory really never held water. So now they talk a little bit about it. And this is how the establishment doctors are, the establishment scientists, what we call the not so obvious establishment. They know that to maintain their lies after the fact, after they've reaped a lot of rewards, and this happened with the medical freedom movement, with the elections movement, the guys who know the bullshit is going on will later come on and say, oh yeah, 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 by the way, this is, may not be true. And they're only doing that after they knew the big pharma guys made a ton of money with statins just to maintain their credibility, okay? So do not trust these establishment people because they never say the right thing at the right time. And if one of their say is the right thing at the right time, they spit them out like happened to uh, uh, Kilmer McCulley, okay? So, so you can see here in the scientific American article, now there's rumblings in 2011, hey, this cholesterol theory may be wrong, okay? Let me give you another article. This just um, came out. Uh, around the same time in 2010. By the way, I have a lot of respect for some of the Japanese scientists. They don't get a lot of play in the US media, but some of the Japanese scientists do very clear work. So I wanna walk you through this article that came around around the same time, which really caused the, um, the Scientific American article. It said, high levels of cholesterol better for longevity. Let me repeat that. High levels of cholesterol are better for longevity. Repeat that again. High levels of cholesterol are better for longevity. If you're a man, your body needs cholesterol to make testosterone. Okay, boom. All right. And as you age as a woman, your homocysteine levels will go up. Okay. And that is what actually leads to these things. So let me, let me, I want to read this. Uh, it's a quick article. And this is what it says it says the Japan Society, it says uh, Japan Society of, um, of uh, lipid nutrition, so these guys focus on this area, has drawn up new guidelines stating that high cholesterol levels are better for living longer, defying conventional wisdom. There are two kinds of cholesterol, low-density lipoprotein, LDL, that is considered, quote-unquote, bad, and high-density lipoprotein, HDL, which is considered as good, quote-unquote, good. LDL cholesterol is delivered to cells throughout the body, so every cell gets LDL, while HDL is excess cholesterol collected from the body, okay? So HDL is the excess cholesterol collected from the body. The Japan Arteriosclerosis Society, an organization focusing on lifestyle-related diseases, has advocated people lower, so the, the, the establishment Arteriosclerosis Society has advocated people lower their HDL cholesterol levels by improving dietary habits, using medication, statins, you know, because high LDL could cause heart disease. In 2007, the society set diagnostic criteria for hyper, uh, 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 you know, lipemia, which is high LDL, or elevated levels of lipids in the bloodstream, flagging LDL cholesterol levels of at least 140 milligrams per deciliter. The US was 130, so around the same thing. And HDL levels less than 
40 milligrams per DL as dangerous for both men and women, okay? And they said, quote, according to domestic and foreign research, the higher LDL levels become, the more arterial stiffening advances. So what they're saying is they're looking at the epiphenomenon. This is the bullshit science. And they're saying, oh, that's the cause. Higher LDL, they're saying it's a cause of arterial stiffening, okay? And cardiovascular disease. When Kilmer McCulley had shown it was really homocysteine level, high levels, which are related to uh, vitamin B deficiencies. Correspondingly, incidence of heart disease also rises. Again, false statement. We concluded that LDL cholesterol levels more than 140 could easily cause heart disease, said Hirotsugu Yushima, professor emeritus at Shiga University of Medical Sciences who devised the arterial sclerosis society's criteria. So this is the establishment guy. He said at 140 in the US, I think it was 130. However, Tomohito Hamazaki, a professor at Toyo uh, Toyoyama University's Institute of Natural Medicine, who who compiled the new cholesterol level guidelines for the Japan Society for Lipid Nutrition, countered Yushima's argument. Quote, when examining all causes of death, so now he actually went and looked at when people died, all causes of death, cancer, pneumonia, heart disease. So he looked at all, he looked at a whole bunch of people who died of cancer, pneumonia, heart disease. The number of deaths, he said, attributable, attributable to LDL cholesterol levels exceeding 140 milligrams is less than people with lower LDL levels, which means that when you looked at all those people, there were more people who died who had lower LDL levels. Let me, let me repeat that again. And so when you look, I'm going to go through the numbers. So he looked at a bunch of people who died of these different diseases, and he looked at the LDL level, more people died in that group who had lower LDL levels, okay? By the way, we have uh, some of our Indian comrades here from India. You know, Indians in India, I just want to make a point, you know, originally used to follow natural medicine. 90% of Indians in India have become completely zombies. They don't even have any uh, connection to uh, their whole foods model. They blindly follow Western medicine. In fact, in India now, it's a status symbol if you go to a doctor and they inject you and you get diagnostics. So a lot of Indians don't eat whole foods anymore. They don't eat eggs. They say, oh my God, I'm eating too much fat. And many of these quote unquote Indian vegetarians are not getting proper food. They're not getting proper B vitamins and their health is gonna suffer. You're gonna see India with the highest heart disease rate um, in this century, period, okay? So again, because people are just looking for good and bad. Oh, LDL bad, HDL good. This is a fucked up, dumbass, reductionist approach. Again, this is why I have a serious problem with the medical educational training. These guys don't know how to think. I had the high school I went to. I cannot believe that people end up becoming medical doctors and um, cardiologists. Some of the dumbest people I know can become doctors, okay? And yet these doctors, these dumb, not all of them, I also know a few guys who got engineering training and went to medicine, excellent, because they solve problems. But most of them are dumb fucks. Excuse my language. Because their mama and papa wanted them to be a doctor, to have that white coat and the stethoscope. And unfortunately, most of these MDs have massive egos, massive egos, 
and very little competence. It's a very dangerous mix. Unconscious incompetence. And by the way, I want to let everyone know this weekend, Saturday, we're doing our second international conference on vaccine safety and immune health. I'll talk more about it. Everyone should come. You should also bring your doctors. Remember, there are a few doctors who actually apply their brain. Very few. Okay. Uh, but majority of them do not know how to think. Okay. And I'll talk about what happened to our lawsuits also. I'll bring that up. Okay. But the bottom line is, I remember the high school I went to, 900 kids. I was one or two in the class. Um, and there were kids who were at the bottom of the class. And I found out years later, these guys became cardiologists. They weren't good students. They didn't study hard. They just sort of moved through medical school because mama and papa wanted them to be a doctor. But I would never want these people touching me, ever even diagnosing me with anything. All right. But the bottom line is when you look at this, this guy went and compiled the data. Okay, this is doing some real science. And he finds out that of all the people that died, more people had lower HDL, LDL levels. Then he said the Lipid Nutrition Society guidelines do not positive new criteria, but Hamazaki cited some study results to prove a C. So they didn't accept it, right? Because they want to continue the old way because they want to sell statins. Because according to an eight-year study, 26,000 men and women in Ishara Kanawaga Prefecture, so 26,000 people, the death rate of men whose LDL cholesterol levels were between 100 and 160 was low. So that means that's above that, you know, 130, right? It's in that danger range, 140. So the death rate of people who were between 100 to 160 was low, while the death rate of those um, uh, LDL cholesterol was uh, uh, below 100, uh, uh, 100 was higher. Okay. That's what he's saying. That's one example. He goes, the LDL figures exhibited influence, less influence on women, but the death rate still rose for women with LDL cholesterol levels less than 120. A separate study of 16,850 patients nationwide who suffered cerebral stroke showed the death rate of people with hyperlipemia who died from cerebral stroke was lower. Okay. It was lower and their symptoms more slight. Quote, cholesterol is an essential component for the creation of cell membranes and hormones. It is not recommended to lower LDL figures by means of dietary intake and medication. And that's what these statins do. They lower your LDL levels. All right. So another important point is when women reach menopause, their cholesterol figures rise sharply. And look, because your homocysteine levels will go up. Okay. Yet do not affect the arterial sclerosis process or development of heart disease. At the very least, cholesterol criteria is not criteria for women. So homocysteine levels go up, but you can modulate it with B vitamins. The societies for lipid nutrition, uh, lipid nutrition recently issued guidelines should become an opportunity to highlight the need for treatments to focus on the difference between genders and related uh, risks. So what he's saying is the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Okay. So what I've shared with you is that the science was always there as early as 1969 that cholesterol was not the cause. The medical establishment pushed that through to sell Lipitor and statins. And just to give you the idea, just give you the numbers here. Um, by the way, um, I just saw this article in the New York Times and you may have seen it today. Let me bring it up. And this is what really compelled me. I've been wanting to do this for a while. 
to do this uh, for you guys was this article came out in the New York Times. Boom. Do statins increase the risk of diabetes? Now, look at when this is written. This is written in 2022, okay? Do stat as though they didn't know this? Well, let me tell you why. Because as early as 2011, you can look at this date, statins are in here as a cause of hyperglycemia, which is diabetes. And look at, you see all these, if I were to go here and I, I were to type statin, let me go here. This is on diabetes in control, okay? Statin, okay? This is known as a side effect, okay? That's one of the statins, nice statin. So it's all there, okay? So they have known since 2011, 2011, you could that date right here, that statins can, the side effect is diabetes, hyperglycemia, okay? And this happens because your body develops the statins uh, lead, uh, the research shows, to insulin resistance, okay? Not in everyone, but there is a side effect of that. So they know that, they knew it in 2011, and the dumbass New York Times, which is what they've become, uh, is now talking about it, you know, in 2022. Look at this date, okay? Does it cause? Well, yeah, it does. And you can, if you read the research, um, even in there, they're finally admitting it, okay? Uh, before that study, there was a sense that maybe statins could reduce the risk of diabetes, as said Dr. Jill Crandall. In the end, we saw something completely different, okay? Several of their analysis have confirmed the link between statins and diabetes risk, okay? But the causes are still a mystery. So there you go. So you're taking a drug which is based on a bogus hypothesis of cholesterol causing heart disease, which at the time it was shown to be bogus, pushed through by the medical big pharma, big academia establishment at Harvard, silenced the guy, used to sell Lipitor by Pfizer, which has made them billions of dollars. And most importantly, let me show you the data, Lipitor, um, and this is where you can connect the dots if you take a systems approach. You will see, let me bring this up. You will see what's happened here. Um, let me go here. Where is that number here? I think I got it here. Okay, there you go. Okay. So you'll see right here, Lipitor sales were in the range of $12 billion for Pfizer. And, you know, uh, 9 to 12 billion. And this is when it became a generic. The patent life is 20 years. So right here, starting in 2013, they haven't been making that much because it's a generic, right? So what they want to do now, imagine if they could force people to take statins and Lipitor, like they try to do the vaccine mandate because it's a public health risk, okay? So imagine people said, oh, you know, when you get old, you got to take a statin or you're going to be a public health risk. Could that happen? Well, let me just show you what just came out recently, okay? And this is something that just came out in the English where they're heading towards, and you'll get the idea of where all of this is going, okay? Um, and where all of this is going is, okay, where all of this is going is, this is the recommendations that came from the US in 2022, okay, August 23rd, from the US Preventative Task Force, okay? They're saying people whose ages are 40 to 70 or who are at increased risk but not at high risk, um, Basically, they're saying should be taking a statin. More research needed on whether people older uh, should start taking a statin to, prefer, uh, to prevent a heart attack to view the recommendations. So they're basically teeing this up. That was in August. And today, um, this came up in the Times. Elderly urged to take statin for, lists, for life 
for life or risk losing health benefits. Coming off drugs increases risk of heart disease, quote unquote, study finds. Okay, so think about what they're doing. When it was a brand drug by Pfizer is making them 12 billion, it's gone down, it's making Pfizer, let's say 2 billion. Now they want to mandate in many ways its use. Okay, so imagine they said in order for you to have health insurance and you're over 70, you've got to take statins. I'm going to take away your health insurance. That's where all of this starts going to. So you have the economics here, which violate your freedom, which are based on bogus science, which affect ultimately your health. So you have suppression of freedom. You have suppression of real science and you affect your health. When we know that there is a direct correlation between homocysteine levels and, you know, the inflammation and arterial sclerosis, and that can be associated, that can be addressed with the issue of B vitamins. I hope everyone's following. Okay. So what I've just done here is take a systems approach. We looked at what happened historically with the suppression of science, the attack on freedom, this guy getting canceled, how that was used to promote a fake science, suppress the real science. And that's actually led to attack on health. The Japanese study is saying that, hey, the people with high LDL are fine. The people with low LDL are the ones more of them are dying. And by the way, if your microbiome, thanks, Glenn just made an important point. If your gut is in good condition, which most people's isn't because of all the crap people eat and the refined stuff, you don't get proper of the uh, probiotics, prebiotics, fresh vegetables and fruits. Your body doesn't properly produce the B vitamins. Okay. So all of this goes down to this root cause issue, which is your gut microbiome, your overall health, eating the right foods, whole foods, not these refined processed shit. Forget even vitamins for a second. So your body makes proper B vitamins, your property gets B vitamins, which control those homocysteine levels, which ensure that you reduce the risk of this. Versus not addressing that, addressing an epiphenomenon, cholesterol, 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 take a statin, de de decrease that, and then now you create another wonderful disease, diabetes. So I'm so appalled by all of this. And the only way out of this is for every one of you to become your own gurus, to become your own healers, to take accountability and take what I've shared with you from a systems approach. I'm gonna play you a quick video. I have a couple more important points um, before, let me just play this quick video. And it's my journey to systems and I want to share that with you. It's really my privilege to share that with you. So after this, I'm gonna do a very important uh, discussion on why all of you should go to Truth, Freedom and Health, contribute to our open science movement to yourselves. And I'll come back right after this. Welcome to VA Shiva. VA Shiva is a product of my journey across East and West, science and tradition, ancient and modern, that brings you the science of systems so you can become a force for truth, freedom, health. VA Shiva is a platform of revolutionary education community building, and weaponry for unleashing local activism. My journey to B.A. Shiva begins in the chaos of Bombay, where I experienced diverse religions, languages, castes, and in a small village that had no running water, no electricity, 
where my grandmother, a poor village farmer, practiced Siddha, an ancient system of Indian medicine over 10,000 years old. She observed one's face, the art of Samudrika Lakshanam, to understand a body's unique constitution, allowing her to deliver the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Watching my grandmother heal others, I was inspired to study medicine, but I was also aware of the corrupt caste system of India, which denigrated a human being, where my family were considered low caste untouchables, where one's birth determined one's destiny. The grit and determination of my mother and father led them to get educated and to come to America, a one in a trillion event. Their actions inspired me to work hard and excel. While in ninth grade, I attended New York University in a computer science program, and subsequently at the age of 14, was given a full-time job as a research fellow at what is now known as Rutgers Medical School in the heart of Newark, New Jersey. There I investigated the system of sleep using mathematics, computer science, and biology for sudden infant death syndrome. It was there in Newark where I invented email when I was the first to convert every feature of the physical, paper-based inner office mail system, including inbox, outbox, memo, carbon copy, blind carbon copy, attachments, into its electronic equivalent, a system which I named email, a term that I was the first to coin. On August 30th, 1982, I was awarded the first U.S. copyright for the invention of this system, recognizing me as the inventor of email. At that time, copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I went on to MIT where I earned four degrees across multiple systems of engineering, electrical, mechanical, design, biological. That training led me to invent many other systems for advancing humankind. Echomail, the world's first intelligent email management system. Cytosol, a computational biology system for eliminating animal testing to discover new medicines faster, cheaper, and safer. And to the creation of a whole systems methodology for certifying clean food. These innovations led me back on a Fulbright to India, where I discovered the missing link between Eastern medicine and Western systems theory, honoring my grandmother to develop Your Body, Your System, a powerful tool that will help you understand how your body is a system and how the inputs of food, supplements, and exercise bring your body back to its natural system state. And Systems Health, an integrative educational discipline that is now integrated into the VA Shiva platform that will enable you to learn the science of systems, the science of everything, be it your body as a system or our society and politics as a system, to reveal the foundational interrelationships between truth, freedom, health. Now is the time for you to be the light, learn the science of systems, build community and weaponize yourself to unleash the activism necessary to deliver truth, freedom, health in your local community. Welcome to VA Shiva. I encourage all of you to go back and really review this video, but what you'll learn in reviewing this video is that this is a perfect example of why all of you need to study uh, system science. In particular, you'll understand the fundamental suppression of freedom that took place, the suppression of discourse when the original homocysteine theory was canceled, how that affected science, the bogus dead on arrival theory of cholesterol, you need cholesterol. Men need cholesterol, okay? And that's how that's affected health. We also saw recently this nonsense that came out with Alzheimer's, same thing. 16 years, people bullshitted people. So you actually have the suppression of 
freedom, which leads to bogus science and health. And that's what we wanted to talk about. Now, how do we overcome this? Well, the only way to overcome this is for each one of you to get educated and or be enslaved. So tonight we have an open house. Uh, it's occurring right now. Sorry, I got to go to it. But if you go to vashiva.com slash orientation, I'm a little bit late. I'll be there probably about 10, 15 minutes. I encourage all, all of you to go to it. You can RSVP right now, but you'll understand the science of systems. You can also contribute to, and what you will get is you also get access to the Cytosol Open Science Institute. You get access to all of these tools, the course, the foundations of systems, the books, the, the tool, your body, your system, everything I just went over in that course, the community, et cetera. But you also get access to the Cytosol Open Science Project, which is where all of this stuff that I just shared with you comes from. We take an open systems approach to understanding science. We have the ability to integrate lots of research to find out what the truth is. We are dedicated to really fighting for indigenous medicines, okay? That's the real fight against racism. We wanna eliminate animal testing. This is the old pharma model where they you know, put a drug through this 13 year process. It creates lots of side effects. Pharma spends more and more money on R&D. They're finding less and less drugs that really work because it's a blind man touching the elephant and they never really know the whole, like we've just seen with this cholesterol nonsense. And the reason people get away with this is because there's actually an incestuous web between big government at the NIH, big academia, big publishers, big tech, and big pharma. This is this web of collusion. And when you fundamentally look at the only way out of it is you need an infrastructure where you can think beyond left and right, think beyond pro-HDL and uh, anti-LDL, right? Every issue becomes HDL versus LDL. So I recommend um, all of you go and get this training. We've made it very accessible. And by the way, when you contribute, you contribute 100 or more, you get all of the entire course material and the tools to become what we call a warrior scholar. You can contribute 25, you still get a bunch of tools. And if you don't have any money, contribute nothing and you still get a bunch of gifts. But the reality is, follow the money, statin sales dropped for Pfizer and they need to find new ways to make money. And what we've been doing is with our technology Cytosolve, we've been looking at foods, natural compounds, which can actually support the fight against inflammation and natural discomfort. And our goal is to educate people using Cytosol, the systems approach to the body. And with that systems approach, you start becoming aware of your body. You start becoming your own healer. You start thinking about things in a profoundly different way where food is medicine. And that's what I wanted to share with you. But go review this video. I have to go to our other open house. Um, let me just, um, someone's asking me to put that here. If you want to go to the open house, you can just go. It's occurring right now. You can RSVP to vashiva.com slash orientation. Just go there, fill it out. You'll get a RSVP right away. And in closing, what I want to let everyone know is over the last 15 years, we've used this very powerful systems technology to start looking at food and figuring out how combinations of food can actually help our body. One of the things that I'm very proud to talk about is we actually discovered a combination of two naturally occurring compounds in things like parsley, and things like bitter orange, when you combine them, it has a very powerful effect on lowering um, the biomarkers of pain and inflammation. I'll end with that because I, I, I want to share with you that we don't like, just like to talk. We actually come up with tangible solutions. MV25 is one of those solutions. 
Millions of people suffer every day from painful discomfort and swelling, but most pain medications come with harsh side effects, and many alternative supplements have little scientific backing. That's why we at Cytosolve created MV25. MV25 was formulated using the Cytosolve Computational Systems Biology Platform, a technology for precision and personalized health invented by Dr. Shiva during his doctoral research at MIT. This formulation is the result of computing trillions of potential combinations of biomolecular interactions derived from thousands of peer-reviewed scientific papers published across four decades by 68 research institutions to discover an optimal synergy of compounds that downregulate biomarkers of discomfort and normal swelling. Hi, I'm Barbara Ann. My hands would cramp up so that I couldn't hold cards or knit or crochet. And they would go like that. Not have to use this when I played cards with my grandkids. And I'd start taking that MV25. After a bit, I was able to hold cards in my hand. Very, very little cramping, hardly at all anymore. MV25. Hi, my name is Sandy. I'm a Taekwondo instructor. I tore my ACL during Taekwondo. I had a lot of pain and limited mobility. I've been taking the MV25 for about six months now. After the first week, I noticed a big difference. After the second week, almost literally no pain. My name is Jeremy and I suffer from a lower back problem. Hurt my back at work years ago and I can go to the chiropractor, do all kinds of different things and nothing seems to help. And I decided to try MV25. I didn't notice a difference immediately, but within a few days the pain went away and it stayed away. I've continued to take it and even when I do things that I shouldn't do, it seems to go away a lot quicker than it ever did before. MV25 is certified clean, 100% non-GMO, made in America and GMP certified for good manufacturing practices. MV25 25 is Cytosolve optimized, which means that this formula has been engineered to maximize benefits while minimizing toxicity based on current research curated by Cytosolve. As the science advances, so will this formulation. This is our promise. Order online at mv25.life. Consult your doctor before taking any supplement or medication and use as directed. MV25. All right, everyone, I got to run, but just quickly, if you, uh, those of you who want to get MV25, you can just go to vashiva.com. You can also go to the shop or mv25.life, and you click on the shop, and you'll find it right here, and you get it here. Um, by the way, how can you support the research that we're doing here? Well, I want you to support yourself and take care of your health, uh, your freedom, and your truth, and the way you can do that is get educated or be enslaved, contribute, and take advantage of the course. You can contribute nothing, 25 or 100, and you get to become a warrior scholar. And when you become a warrior scholar, you get tons and tons of gifts to support your education. You get a community, you get all sorts of stuff. So take advantage of that or give 25 to 99, contribute or nothing, okay? But again, right now, I got to go to a orientation. We do it every Thursday, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. vashiva.com slash orientation. Please join us if you can. I'll be right there. If you guys are listening and want to come to it, please do so. Let me put it there again. And there you go. So anyway, today's talk was cholesterol theory was dead on arrival. 
why and how big pharma keeps it alive. So in summary, point one, there was the original thesis that homocysteine levels, high levels are the ones that actually cause uh, arterial sclerosis and plaque and hardening of the arteries, okay? And homocysteine levels can be lowered by B6, B12, and folic acid, okay? That theory was shoved under, and what was elevated was a epiphenomenon theory of cholesterol. And that led to, so it was a bogus, sort of a fake science, which led to a fake solution, which was take statins, take statins, take statins, okay? And that, we know now, has a side effect of causing diabetes, okay? So there's a risk of that. People have known that since 2011. People have also known that the cholesterol hypothesis is seriously flawed since 2011, because when you have high levels of LDL, they've noticed it's not like people die. People have actually been, more people die with low levels of LDL, okay? So when you look at the data, it's ass backward to say it scientifically speaking, okay? Um, anyway, um, so someone's asking, where did they learn statins were not effective, okay? So Carl, you're asking sort of a, um, sort of a, you're putting the cart before the horse to ask the question because yeah, they lower LDL, but is LDL the cause of heart disease, okay? In fact, as we just shared, Lots of people with low LDL and more of them die, okay? There you go. So anyone, um, be well, be the light, join us, become a truth, freedom, and health warrior, do it for yourself, but take a systems approach, join the movement for truth, freedom, and health, go to truthfreedomandhealth.com, contribute, contribute to yourself, and uh, be well, be the light, and um, truth, freedom, and health to all of you. Be well.